and welcome to another edition of the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with uh, one Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, celebrating the comeback after the three-day Labor Day weekend, which was also week number one of the college football season. And like that uh, old, uh, I guess uh, you could call him a con man of sorts, Matthew Lesko, uh, had the jacket with the question marks on it. Many questions were there to be at least uh, uh, dealt with in the first week of the college football season, uh, not the least of which uh, here in South Florida, where we originate from, was uh, whether or not Mario Cristobal can actually coach, in addition <laughs> to being quite obviously a brilliant recruiter, as he's been over the years. He helped out Nick Saban there in the beginning uh, when he was aligned with Alabama, and he uh, ends up becoming the head coach at Oregon. He does a great job there, a lot of victories, although uh, Luby would consider his coaching, his game day coaching, to be largely suspect. And, and we've thought that uh, about many different people in, in the college coaching ranks. Uh, and so he, he demonstrated, I, I guess, uh, a little bit of the possibility of a turnaround. Uh, Hurricanes will face a much more uh, distinctive test when they take on uh, another guy who I think is highly overrated as a head coach, Jimbo Fisher. I won a national championship at Luby's beloved FSU. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think has distinguished himself very well since he's gone to Texas A&M. Even with all that oil money, Jimbo. Nothing. <laughs> nothing he's got oil coming out of his ass and uh <laughs> five and seven last year uh despicable record so uh, we'll, we'll see uh, so that clash is coming up this week and uh, week number two uh actually uh, what would you would think is uh, week three of the college football season since uh, we have to factor in the zero like it's on the roulette wheel right it's always the edge that the house has zero double zero and don't you ever try it people don't ever play triple zero casino roulette there's never a new uh, institution in a casino, a new game that's uh, brought along, uh, innovative uh, for the uh, casino, of course, but uh, never very favorable to the players. When they add another zero in, it's a problem. All right, so uh, the college football season, though, I mean, the big story was uh, Neon Dion, who yes. uh, very appropriately, I mean, uh, everybody was uh, looking for him to have a, a giant pratfall in his season opening game. Colorado, uh, almost a three-touchdown underdog in their game uh, against uh, – uh, TCU, which uh, was the darling of college football last year, uh, had a, a remarkable season. Uh, okay, so you might think uh, a program like that, they're not going to be able to sustain it at the level of a Georgia or an Alabama or until last night, uh, a Clemson. But, uh, they, you know, they, they should beat Colorado with 87 new players. Yes. You are, are not, uh, like many people, I mean, there are varying opinions about Deion Sanders, Mike Louie Lubitz. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't uh, happen to have a particularly flattering one, even though he should be your hero for what he did while he was at Florida State. I mean, look, he's a Florida State legend. I don't think he's as highly accredited in Florida State lore as non-Florida State people make him. He's actually not our GOAT. He's defensively. I don't even know if he's top five in Florida State, Lord, to be brutally honest. Florida State's had some of the best defensive players in college football history. Um, he's the best NFL cover corner ever. He's not the best offensive back ever because he didn't tackle and he didn't play the run. But he was a – he the, the shut term shutdown, lockdown corner came with him. He was a great return man. He's a great marketer. He started self-promotion in the football world because players weren't known to do that. And the, especially corners, corners didn't do that. He made the cornerback position a skill position, which it wasn't before him. So I give him all the credit in the world. I think he's a loud mouth, loud mouth, jackass, obnoxious ass. So that's okay. what right. I think of him. 
<laughs> Other than that, uh, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? I guess is the way that you react to Deion Sanders. There are many people that uh, share that opinion. Uh, I'm kind of an old school guy. Uh, I subscribe to the theory that uh, you act like you've been there before. You don't have to start doing all these gesticulations and uh, you know look like some kind of contortionist. You don't have to be Frank Gorshin out there on the field and going into all of these you know, uh, conniptions because uh, you happen to score a touchdown and make a play. I mean, uh, you would think if you're that great that you would do this as a matter of routine and accept it as such. But Dion was one of the first guys to really, uh, uh, you know, as you said, I mean, cornerbacks were uh, less distinct than J.B. Brown of the Dolphins. <laughs> it didn't matter. I mean, you could be Herb Adderley, and uh, it didn't make any difference. Nobody knew who the hell you were. Uh, except, uh, you know, that uh, people on your team respected the fact that they were doing a great job for him. Uh, Dion uh, definitely put the spotlight on himself. Now, I happen to be a fan, and it's unfortunate that this is not a big part of the game anymore. Uh, it, it still is in play on punt returns. I, I would imagine that the league will continue to try to legislate uh, the uh, injury factor out on these types of plays where they, they've limited the number of kick returns now. And you would have special teams coaches. I mean, uh, great special teams coaches like currently you know, with the Denver Broncos, our good friend uh, Mike Westhoff, saying that they've really taken special teams as a huge factor somewhat out of the game. It was at one time considered to be a third of what uh, comprised a winning formula in a football game, uh, offense, defense, obviously, and then uh, special teams. I don't know that it's uh, of that uh, level of significance anymore, but you always loved the great return guys. And Dion was that, I mean, uh, for me back in the day, it was Nolan Smith. Remember uh, Nolan Smith, the fleet, Kansas city chiefs. He, he was fantastic. And uh, you had Travis Williams with the green Bay Packers. Uh, how long are you at the forest? Going uh, way back. I more likely to remember Esther Williams and Travis Williams. Uh, but uh, anytime the ball was in here, we had a guy uh, speaking of Williams named Kevin Williams here yeah. at the university of Miami. And I uh, went on to uh, play with the Dallas Cowboys. And we always say, thank God the Cowboys took him. And, and uh, we ended up with like O.J. McDuffie. The fans were screaming for uh, Kevin Williams uh, <laughs> to be a player here because he had local ties. Uh, super exciting. Ball would go in the air there in the orange ball. You'd be up there in the upper deck and uh, looking down, having a tremendous vantage point and say, this guy's going all the way. So that was great with Dion. But the other side of it, I mean, was there a bit of a phoniness uh, to uh, Deion Sanders that people uh, detected where, I mean, and I don't know, he talks a lot about loyalty, but he, he didn't have any, uh, any reservation at all about telling like a hundred kids on the Colorado roster. <laughs> You're fucking out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> on video. They took the masking tape off the guy's locker that said Jones and just uh, threw it and rolled it up in a ball, wanted it up and threw it in the street along with the kid and his stuff out of here. Gone. College. <laughs> Your education means nothing to me. I'm prime time. And when he was aligned uh, with, with some of those phony things, I, I, I don't know. It was Billy Blanks, the exercise guru. Was he a fraud? That time all <laughs> stuff. I mean, Dion was on that. And then at the same time, he'd be holding hands with like Joel Osteen in a united effort to fleece people of their hard-earned savings and capital. As uh, they would uh, say, well, you know, th this is going to help you by, by relieving yourself of your own funds and, uh, kind of, uh, you know, just draining your bank account and sending it to this post office box, you will find a way, a path to be closer to God. Now, now some of that I, I thought was a little bit unbelievable with uh, Deion Sanders. Yet, yet everybody was waiting for him to take a pratfall in this opening game. Uh, three touchdown underdog. Most people thought he couldn't coach. 87 new players on the team. And uh, he, he steals the spotlight. You would have thought 
that this guy was going down like Jerry Lewis, no? Which uh, I do miss Jerry on the telethons on Labor Day. I, I got $500 here from the fire department in Secaucus. Five, can you believe this? All right. Looking like he'd been on a uh, six-day bender and uh, staying up all night doing coke with Jerry Garcia. This uh, guy used to somehow uh, raise like uh, millions of dollars uh, every Labor Day. Before he, what happened to him, right? He completely flipped out this guy, uh, Jerry Lewis. And may he rest in peace. Uh, but anyway, um, that's what people are looking at. Just flat on his face. Uh, Dion steals the show over the weekend in college football. Uh, in spite of the fact that your Florida State Seminoles, do they look like national championship material, Luby? That would be the question right of the day coming out of that game against LSU. And how much do people hate Brian Kelly? <laughs> He's another well, one, huh? I don't know. Maybe people are starting to. I know LSU and Notre Dame fans hate him. That, that I've surmised after a, 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 not a weekend, after a couple of days of aftermath. <laughs> as, as I've said many times, I, I'm not necessarily a trend handicapper, but here's one you can buy into. Uh, when, when in a matchup of two teams that are in the top 10, and Brian Kelly is one of them, coaching one of them, he is now three and eight in that spot. Yes. Three and eight. Or no, three and eleven. Sorry about that. Three yeah, and eleven. You're up has... eight units. Three yeah, and eleven. Yeah, he was three and ten going into this uh, game. Uh, three and eleven. So uh, wow. As we often say, if you could exhibit any kind of discipline when it came mm. to gambling, and only bet on that, only bet on Brian Kelly to go down in these situations. Uh, maybe over a period of fifteen years, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> your bookie's paying you. At the end of virtually every matchup. I, I thought it was, uh, you know, a, a really poor performance by uh, LSU. Uh, FSU got it together in the second half. People would uh, say, are they championship material? Uh, you would have to think maybe yes. Right now. Uh, yeah. After uh, watching that, uh, supposed to be a real tough encounter, even though they were semi at home in Orlando in the state of Florida. Uh, they end up uh, annihilating uh, Brian Kelly. Did he really? Did he really tell that kid that went up in the tower there that blew over uh, when he was uh, telling the kid that was on the film crew when he's at Notre Dame that if you don't go up there, in spite of the fact that there were a gale force winds that day, uh, then you're going to lose your job? What, was that the kind of, I mean. People blame yeah. him, and I think that's why. I, it, was a, it was a rough day, and the kid, I think, was suspect, and he made him go up there. Like, to this day, people blame him for the death of that uh, college student when he was at Notre Dame, it, it never got, it's weird. Certain topics never mushroom cloud and get yeah. a lot of public attention, but in circles and uh, underground and uh, big time college football people, it to this day, that's, that's the sentiment. All right. Uh, you don't want to let these Cajun people get angry with you. Oh, I mean, th this guy may leave there not, not only with a lousy record, but with a curse <laughs> placed over <laughs> From uh, Chief Monk uh, Thibodeau or something. That one you never get over. And, and it would be good karma, I guess, uh, if uh, you believe the story that uh, he told that kid, uh, you, you climb up there or else at Notre exactly. Dame. Where was Touchdown Jesus on that one? Okay. <laughs> uh, Lonzo Morning, you know, he makes a dunks a ball over a five foot six guy. He's looking up, thanking God. Where was God in that one? Yeah. Brian Kelly. That, that was ugly. So, I right, uh, watched a lot of the U.S. Open over the weekend. A uh, very interesting uh, excitement uh, galore all around the country about the resurgence of Americans in the uh, tennis uh, uh, game of tennis. And, and uh, you know, we have a couple of guys that are going to go after each other in the quarterfinals here. Uh, Francis Tiafo, great story. Ben Shelton out of the University of Florida, terrific young kid, athletic player. 
couple of serves. Luby at 149 miles an hour in the same game. Holy Nolan Ryan. This, this was brilliant. They're going to meet in the quarterfinals uh, for a spot in the semis. So somebody's going to make it there. And uh, another American, Taylor Fritz. Uh, does he have any shot? It's the only thing about Venus Carolinas uh, where he said uh, after he finally beat Jimmy Connors, he had lost 17 straight matches to him. And the famous quote uh, from Vetus Carolinas, who, who was uh, a great player in his own right, and uh, he says, uh, nobody beats Vetus Carolinas 18 times in a row. <laughs> Fritz is 0-7 uh, against uh, Novak Djokovic. Uh, does he have any chance in this thing? Uh, I don't know. If he does, then you're guaranteed uh, of an American going to the final, which would be pretty incredible because the men have not been a presence there. I believe it was 2003, Andy Ronick, the last uh, guy to win a Grand Slam, uh, an American uh, to win a Grand Slam. And so uh, that represents a very solid 20-year drought. Uh, maybe that will come to an end. Although on the other half of the uh, draw there, you, you have to deal with Carlos Alcaraz, who has no cakewalk to the finals. But uh, uh, one of the challenges for Alcaraz uh, will be in his next round where he plays uh, uh, Zverev, uh, Sasha Zverev. The guy, he, he was really coming on uh, about a year ago, and then he had a, a torturous-looking Ankle injury. You would have thought, I mean, if he was a racehorse, they would have put him down right there on the track. I mean, he, he blew out an ankle uh, in the French Open and was on the cusp maybe of winning a Grand Slam, but was involved in a great match at the time. And uh, it plays his eyeballs out. And, and he ended up emerging from the match last night uh, against uh, Yannick Sinner, who oddly you would think is from where? Like Belgium? Yeah, that's what it sounds like, yeah. The guy's a fucking Italian. Go figure. That's funny. That's Yannick funny. Sinner. Uh Good young player, solid man, strong, uh, skinny kid, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, has uh, tremendous power, uh, both sides, forehand and backhand, big serve, uh, and yet he was done in by the drop shot last night. That, that's that's one of your famous theories, Luby. Don't get cute. Yes, I, I, I turned you on to that. <laughs> don't get cute. Don't start doing new stuff when you're down there by the goal line. Uh, you know, don't try to do something uh, you know that is circus-like when all you have to do is drop the ball in the basket. Don't get cute. Don't don't make uh, all of these bizarre calls on fourth and one. Unless you're Bart Starr and you're throwing a Boyd Dowler, uh, I, I don't know about play action on fourth and one and, and going for the bomb, although I'm an advocate of it. But yeah. uh, don't get cute. So so anyway, uh, Skinner is done in by, or Sinner is done in by, by the drop shot. He, he tries any number of failed drop shots, which anybody who plays tennis knows. It's devastating. And uh, this comes with a warning. And, and I believe this, and I will take this to my grave. Uh, don't don't ever play mixed doubles in tennis. And that's how I know about uh, the devastation of failing with drop shots, because uh, I'm an advocate of the drop shot. I like a little dink and dunk. I like a little finesse in my game. Uh, Carlos uh, Alcaraz is brilliant at, at incorporating the drop shot in. More and more men have done it, in spite of the fact that they're whacking the ball at 120 miles an hour. Uh, they've incorporated a little more finesse into the game to change it up a little bit. Sinner uh, dies by it, but I, I, I can attest to the fact that this has to really plague a guy. It may affect him uh, into the next several tournaments. Because if he ever played mixed doubles with his girlfriend and he tried these drop shots and they failed, well, what happens, Luby? She starts screaming, do you have to always try that stupid shit? <laughs> Hit the ball like a man, like a man. And you're thinking, I, I, I brought you into this game. All of a sudden, uh, now uh, you're uh, Patrick Moratuglu. Or uh, Brad Gilbert, exactly. you're, you're, you're shouting out instructions. I like the fact that, and, and this is particularly oh. annoying in golf and tennis, uh, when somebody's constantly giving you tips, 
I like the fact that Coco Goff told her box to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> she was sort of falling apart a little bit. Gilbert, who's, uh, you know, I, I've done wonders, obviously, turning her game into uh, a top-level, uh, top-quality game where she is a legitimate threat to win every match. And uh, she, she finally had to tell him, hey, hey, knock it off up there, huh? Can you see him? Honey? I'm losing right now. Talk to me later. After the match, Coco was still very much alive there. We're speaking about women's tennis. And uh, so, so the U.S. Open, though, uh, if you ever were going to take something out of a tournament, it is don't hit the drop shot when you're playing mixed doubles unless you're going to make it count. Otherwise, <laughs> you're, you're never going to hear the end of it. All right, uh, we have the uh, beginning of the NFL season. Uh, that is this week. Kansas yes. City Chiefs, Detroit Lions uh, get it underway on Thursday night. Uh, the marquee game going to be uh, also uh, continuing into Monday. Is the, is the Bills-Jets game the marquee game of the weekend? Yes. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers' debut. Such high, lofty expectations in New York. Uh, they had one of their cornerbacks. It's the headlines in all the New York papers today. And uh, they're talking about how this guy, DJ Reed, claims that the Jets' defense will make you forget about the 1985 Bears. And I'm thinking it would be okay with me if the Jets' defense just made me forget about Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> which it never ceases to amaze as the season is on the horizon well espn can't get enough mike tannenbaum a guy who buried more people than attila the hun <laughs> two franchises he took upon himself to just absolutely destroy it to the point where you keep going back and trying to figure out who goes further back into the past without winning a playoff game is it the jets or the miami dolphins and what's the common denominator there luby mike tannenbaum <laughs> exactly the dolphin what 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 form of hallucinogenics are these espn uh, executives on when they go hey let's find the worst fucking guy that ever did this job in history and uh, let's make him our top analyst here and we'll exactly. constantly go to him no matter what the circumstances are uh damar <laughs> hemlin is uh you know on the field maybe losing his life let's go to mike tannenbaum hey mike what do you think you killed a couple of franchises you know death you're like what? <laughs> you know death you know death that's I think crazy. we know that, that it may be this program. Uh, all right. Uh, a lot of fun, though. Uh, we're glad college football uh, was as entertaining as it was. Uh, Duke, big win. They're over Dabo Sweeney. Yes. Dabo is one of those guys that uh, a lot of people like, but I root against him in every game with, with every uh, fabric of my emotional fiber. I mean, I just I, – I, I, it is going to be, uh, I think, something to watch, though, uh, this business of people storming the field and the court. Yeah. Doesn't that need to, uh, you know, have uh, somebody put a swift end to that in, in both college football and basketball? I, I know it's wonderful, and you see it, and they do the aerial shot. Hey, let's go to Joe and a blimp. Joe, you up there? And they show the uh, overhead view of it, and it looks spectacular. It looks like Woodstock uh, revisited, but I don't know. Is, is something bad going to happen as a result? It's not safe. I've done it. I did it two or three times at it when I was at FSU. It's a great time, but it's not safe yeah. at all. Yeah, I want to stay on it. I, I really do, people. And I suggest you do as well. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, for Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, Mike is off to uh, Morocco for yes, sir. a couple of months. I, I know, a couple of weeks here. And, uh, try, try the couscous. Uh, I would re recommend the couscous. Couscous with wow. lamb and, uh, you know, the carrots and all of that stuff and the spices they put in there. It's great. And, and I watch out for the belly dancers. <laughs> I'll be with my wife. So. That's the problem. <laughs> you can't stop staring at her. <laughs> you're going to get a little bit of that, I, I think, while you're gone. But uh, anyway, enjoy it. We're, we're going to be coming your way uh, with uh, more morning briefings on No Filter. Uh, so for Mike, hope he enjoys his vacation. And uh, everybody will see you tomorrow on the next edition of The Morning Briefing.